Welcome to the Steady On Podcast, where God's hard truth meets your hard story. I'm Angie Bauman, and this is episode 135, Hope for the Future. And my guest today is entrepreneur Maria Morris, who is the owner of Carabelle's Eats and Treats in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, friend, prepare to be inspired. My guest today left such an impression on me. Maria's story is hard, friend, really hard. Loss of her father to early Alzheimer's, loss of her daughter in a house fire, addiction, homelessness, incarceration. Yes, Maria has walked a long, difficult road in the short time she's been here on earth. But Maria is also a living example of our theme verse for this episode. It's Romans 8.28, and it says in the HCSB, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Maria has taken her difficult circumstances and channeled them into her catering business, Carabelle's Eats and Treats. Carabelle was her daughter, and Maria works to honor her memory. She's taken her difficult circumstances and channeled them into raising money for victims of fire. She's taken her difficult circumstances and channeled them into employing other justice-involved women so they can gain skills and earn money that helps them support themselves and move forward in life. Maria embodies inspiration. Pull up a seat at the table with us, my friend. Prepare to both laugh and cry. Prepare to be astounded at what our God can do. Let's listen in. Hello, Steady On community, and welcome to this podcast episode. I'm Angie Bauman, and with me today is Maria Morris. Maria, welcome to the Steady On community. Hi, thank you for having me. I am delighted to have you. I have been looking forward to having this conversation for quite a while now. Marie and I have a mutual friend, Haley Wood. Haley is a familiar voice around here in the Steady On community. And Haley and Maria know each other in uh, Oklahoma area, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. And um, and so Marie's going to tell us a little bit about her story. It is a story that the pieces that I know of it already, they are inspiring and encouraging and very brave. I already would describe you, Maria, as someone who is very, very courageous. And so I would like for you maybe just to start us off by telling us a little bit about the story behind your business, Carabelle's Eats and Treats. What is that? And tell us a little bit about the backstory, if you would. Okay. Well, um, Carabelle was my daughter or is my daughter. Um, she passed away in 2018 in a house fire and, um, she, was 22 months old. She was a very big part of my life. At that time, I uh, struggled with addiction. Um, so I couldn't be the best mom that I wanted to be. But even then, you know, when I would come through that door, she thought I was the best, you know, and she was such a bright light. Um, and she's just like, she's always inspired hope and healing in our family. And so the memory of Carabelle is that hope and that healing um, for other women who have been system involved, who may have faced adversity like addiction and um, just to give them a second chance. Cause I think that's what a great way to live her memory is. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So you said other women that are system involved, mm -hmm. uh, and I know you have spent some time incarcerated. Would you tell us just a little bit about that, uh, the time frame, and how that links with this story? Yeah. So, um, 
I was, uh, when my daughter passed away in the house fire, me and her were in the fire together and I made it out and she didn't. And I tried to save her, but I couldn't, I passed out. I had smoke inhalation. Um, I woke up in the hospital three days later, rocking my arms, asking where my baby was. And the nurse just looks at me and says, you don't remember your baby died in that fire. And she just walks away. And I just remember thinking like, this is a, this is a bad dream. You know what I mean? And, um, I just kept thinking that like, this is a bad dream. And then when I didn't wake up, that's when the reality of everything that had happened had kind of hit me. And so, um, I went back into my addiction deeper than I ever had before. Um, and I was homeless um, for about six months. And then um, I became incarcerated. I saw my face on the news and I was wanted um, for this, uh, for child neglect. And so um, I was incarcerated for 10 months. And um, in that time, you know, um, I was very, very upset and everything really actually kind of mad at God because of everything that had happened. But, but, um, he kept sending cellmates to me and they were wanting me to read my Bible, like read your Bible. If you don't read your Bible, at least read Proverbs and get some wisdom for your life. And, um, eventually like over time, my heart softened. I started attending church in there, um, and writing poetry and things like that. And then I was introduced to a adjudication program that was also Christ-centered. Um, and I had applied for other programs, but none of them would take me because of my charge. And so, um, it was a program or 20 years in prison, um, and I would have to do 85% of that time. And so um, as I already felt like the charge was unfair, um, I took a program, not knowing what to expect, not knowing really what I was doing, but made a promise to God that if I didn't have to go to prison, I would turn my life around it. I would never look back. And so um, eventually I was adjudicated to that program. And when I got in, um, I, um, just hit the ground running. Like I was, I was ready already. Um, and when I got to hash out some of the things in my recovery program about losing my daughter and I found strength and I found a lot of healing in cooking. Mm. And so, um, one of the first things, the first, uh, things that I did was a chili cook-off at my job at the time when I got out and I beat a three-year running champion. And so <laughs> it was like, it was like, oh, wow, you know, like those little confirmation things, Absolutely. you know? And so um, the next thing I was working at a coffee shop at the same, um, at the same place. And my boss at the time turns around and says, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a city councilman comes in and asked to cater a town hall, they need a caterer for a town hall. I've never catered before. My business doesn't even have a name yet. <laughs> and my boss turns around and says, she'll do it. And the city councilman says, great, there'll be 50 people and um, just send me the invoice. 
That's and, a big first job, Maria. 50 yeah, people. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I've never cooked for that many people before. But you know what? All the women from my program, other, other system involved women, they came in and they put their hands in and we all prepped the food at the church, at Haleywood's church. Um, they all prepped the food with me and, um, cooked it off and, and we got it done and, and we got it out and everybody loved the food. And I just saw the joy and the healing, like that the cooking and the serving had not only on me, but on the other women, you know, and everyone was just so there was, it was so much joy, you know? And so that's when I knew that's the moment I knew I want to help justice involved women and give them this skill, this, this therapeutic life skill, you know, um, that can also transfer like professionally as well. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. kind of how I got started. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Some of that, just kind of the overall journey that you've been on. I have a couple of follow-up questions. I wonder, you mentioned, uh, I think adjudicated and adjudication program for those of us that don't know that, would you tell us what that means? So it's a, it's like, instead of it's a diversion from prison. So instead of like right now, I'm on a a 10 year um, probation Um, instead of going to prison. um, I got to enter into a program and upon completion of that program and whatever my probation period is, my sentence will be served instead of having to, actually serve time in prison. Thank you for that explanation. And you mentioned that it's a Christ-centered program. Yes, it's called Just the Beginning. So let me ask you, you said at one point when you were talking, you said that you went through a period where you were kind of mad at God, which uh, completely understandable. We've all been there, I believe, in the difficult places of our lives. But I'd like to back up. What was your relationship with God like, like in your younger years, maybe prior to the addiction, prior to Carabelle's death? What was your relationship with God like then? Well, um, as a, as a child, like my, my dad was a Baptist, uh, and we went to church pretty much every day. Um, I memorized Bible verses and things like that, but at that, at that age, I didn't really understand who God was. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as I got older, I knew God existed. Um, but I don't feel like I had that deep of a connection with him. I just knew he was there. Mm -hmm. And so um, my bond with God, getting to know him really didn't strengthen until those hard moments, like kind of like Saul, you know, that head on collision with Christ, you know, happened. And then um, that's when my life began to turn around, you know, so yeah. So I'd like to just kind of do a time frame. When, like about what age were you when you began know, knowing that you you were addicted to something? What what was what about age was that? Um probably I would say tw- 20. Okay. All right. Because and- I I used recreationally as a mm-hmm. teenager. Mm-hmm. Um and then when I was 19 I lost my father. I was very close to my father. Um he's where my cooking comes from my passion for cooking. He was a baked wood chef for 15 years, um, at a very nice hotel here in Tulsa. And, um, he would always come home and bake and cook with me. Um, I lost him to Alzheimer's when I was 19 
years old. Um, he deteriorated very quickly in front of my eyes. And um, I think that recreational use kind of dipped into pain, you mm -hmm. know, and so um, that's when I became addicted and started using different drugs as an alcohol as my coping mechanism. Okay. And uh, Caravelle died in 2018, right? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then how long you said after that you were homeless for a while, how long were you, how long were you um, maybe on your own before, after Caravelle's death, before you were incarcerated? About six months. And then how long were you incarcerated before you went into this program? Um, 10 months. Okay. You said, I think you said all that. I'm just trying to get the arc. Oh, no, and then, no, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's great how, <laughs> how long has it been since, um, since you were in, entered into this program and you've been, I know the, the business has grown. So obviously you didn't be like, Hey, I'm going to have this business. And all of a sudden I do, but how long has it been since you were released and then have been working on this uh, business? Um, so I got my first like small cake order, November of 2019. I was released August of 2019. Okay started baking for friends and family, um, November about okay. 2019, um, released the name of my, um, business actually named it, um, in 2020, January, 2020, I'm going to have this big catering business. March comes world shuts down. And then no one gets <laughs> together again, right? <laughs> exactly. And oh, so wow. Um, but I didn't stop, you know, I didn't give up. I just, I kind of, since I was so small, I was able to pivot and I started selling baked goods and breakfast burritos to, um, uh, a coffee shop uh -huh. here in Tulsa. Um, that also helps justice involved women, uh, system involved women. And so, um, when the world started opening back up, that's when, um, I started catering again and I hired my first employee. She's been with me over a year now. Um, she's gotten her child back because she's been able to sustain employment. Um, I hope I'm not getting off top. Not at all. No, I'm very interested in that. And I'm wondering, um, uh, does, is, does everyone who works with you, um, is everyone system involved? Is that really important to you or? It's really, it is, mm -hmm. it's really important to me. Mm -hmm. My, my goal, my ultimate goal, my vision for Carabelle's Eats and Treats is that um, we're able to franchise to states who have large women incarceration rates um, and that they hire at least 75% of their staff be justice involved, be okay. system involved. So, and, and how um, do you connect with these women? Um, well, the employee that's been with me a year, actually, we were in jail together. <laughs> she saw my face on the news and she was just so proud of me and um, really excited about how far I came. And she pretty much said, I want to be a part of that, you know, and so um, I onboarded her is really easy. You know, um, she had a passion for cooking as well, which always makes it like a better fit, you know, and so. Um, and yeah, she's been helping me ever since and growing in her own way. And so that's kind of been something that's, I've just recently discovered is, um, really been a big healing point for me, watching other women reunited with their families and, um, connecting to the community, um, connecting to other women like them and being able to learn and grow. And so, um, it's definitely deeper than a love for food. 
hey friend, I'm cutting in to say thank you. If you're listening to this episode when it first releases, we're about to celebrate Christmas and the beginning of a new year. And this year has been one of growth for me as an individual through the grace of God. And I want to take a moment to acknowledge and give thanks for the way he continues to pursue me and invite me to trust him more completely. This year has also been a year of growth for the Steady Young Ministry, and I thank God for his calling on my life, but I also want to thank you, my friend, because ministry growth happens when people receive what is being offered. You continue to listen and show up and reach out to let me know how the ministry is impacting your walk with Jesus. You are the reason we are here, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I also want to let you know that beginning in January, the Steady On podcast is moving to two episodes each week. On Mondays, we will have a Take It In episode that uses the step-by-step Bible study method to unpack our verse for the week. Many of these episodes will be solo, and sometimes my brilliant Bible Talk co-host Susie Crosby will be with me. Then Wednesdays, will continue with this format, and we will live it out. We will hear testimony and teaching from fabulous guests who help point us to the faithfulness of God. So Mondays will help us take in the promises of God. Wednesdays will help us live out the promises of God. And I cannot wait to get started. From my home to yours, I wish you a very Merry Christmas. May the hope of the Christ child fill your heart with the joy that comes from knowing you are loved beyond measure by the one who was, who is, and who always will be. And now, back to the show. Absolutely. I just want to pause and say, you said that she had seen you and she was so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Like, I I just want to say that out loud because this is an amazing transformation. Uh, You have been through some really, really difficult things. And uh, for those who are listening, not watching, um, you know, the joy on your face and the hope in your eyes is really, really inspiring. So I guess I just want to say that out loud too, because you. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like you have every reason to just be like, well, the world is against me or whatever the case may be, you know, um, and you've obviously you've lost a lot. Um, but I can see that you've gained a lot too. And I'm, I, I'm very like the woman that you just said that worked, has worked for you for about a year. I think you mentioned she's gotten her child back. Um, and so I can't imagine how rewarding that must be to know that something that you're able to create provides enough stability, not only for you, but for others so that they can maybe find some redemption or restoration in their story. So what, how does what you're offering them practically help them? I mean, obviously it it gives them some money, I would think, but there's probably more to it than that. How, how does her her job with you help her get her child back? Um, so it gives her, um, like I said, life skills, you know, she's learning, she's growing. Um, we're also very connected to, um, my recovery program. Um, so it's really like a wraparound kind of thing because recovery isn't just like, oh, okay, one and you're done, you know, two years and it's, oh, you know, you're done recovering. No, it doesn't work like that. Like it takes your whole, you know, your whole life to stay connected, to, to keep healing, to keep digging deep and finding those different, um, bitter roots and, um, 
things like that. And so um, I'm really a strong believer in that. And um, when you focus on more than just the professional part of the woman um, or anybody for that matter, that's when true growth happens. You know, I believe it takes a village. It takes the community. It takes the wraparound. I love that. And, and I think too, I just imagine this safe space when we believe that we're safe, right. Um, whether it's professional, you know, I mean, obviously you're very, you're very important to her and the other women that work for you. But when I, when someone believes in me, then it invites me to consider believing in myself. And I see that that's what you're providing also. Like you're valued here. We need you here. We need your work. I'm depending on you. And when we know that, I think we, we raise the bar for ourselves. Do we not? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So how does, how does running the business, serving people, seeing the joy, inviting other system involved women to be at your side, to help you with that? How does that help you in your own healing journey? Um, well, I, I just enjoy helping people. I, I, like I said, I enjoy helping people. I enjoy seeing people grow and flourish and um my whole life like I've always been like somebody that would give whether it may have been unhealthy at one point in time but now to be able to give a hand up to someone um and see their life come together um and see the passion they have for what they're doing that's healing for me that's joy for me. How does it invite you to have like maybe hope in the future and, and, um, and in the future of those like now connected to Carabelle's? Cause I'm going to tell you this world sometimes, I don't know about you. It feels very dark to me yeah. and it feels like it's sort of a, um, kill not before you're killed sort of world, you know? And, um, Absolutely. and, uh, and so, and I see there's such, there's such hope in what you're doing. How do you not get discouraged? Because I'm sure there are setbacks. <laughs> there have been setbacks um or maybe how do you deal with the discouragement when you are maybe that's a better question than how do you not get discouraged yeah um uh, how I deal with discouragement when uh you know I have a setback is there's something instilled in me that I know this is what God has me to do and I don't really know how to explain it mm-hmm. And sometimes I cry, fall and I cry, but I get up because I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And God just, I'm sorry. I'm just hearing God. You say, do not need to be sorry. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just hearing God say, pain is not wasted on you. Amen. And, um, I feel like he wants me to do something with it, with the pain that I've experienced. He wants me to help people who've also experienced the the pain of not having their child, you know, um, and uh, that's why, you know, the pain of being incarcerated and losing everything. Um, And um, I also have a nonprofit that helps fire victims because our whole family was homeless after the fire, you know? And so um, I just know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't know, that's the only thing that keeps me encouraged is like, 
I'm, I'm on the right path. You know, yeah. you're going to stumble and you're going to fall and there's going to be, you know, I'm still learning. I don't, I don't have a business degree. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't have any of these things, you know, to, I feel like to consider myself, you know, to be that big entrepreneur, but, um, I know what God told me. And so I'm just going to keep doing that. I know. I think that's so beautiful. It's so pure, Maria. There's this, um, sometimes we make things too complicated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we let discouragement or setbacks instead of an invitation to grow and get stronger, we feel like they're, it's too much or whatever. And sometimes it is too much, but what is the answer that we know to be true? What do we go back to? What do we remind ourselves of? How do we get up to again? Uh, that's the reason the theme verse for this ministry is Psalm 40 verse two, which says he set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. And I'm like, we don't need to be steadied as we walked along. If we're always steady, right? There's a, there's this thing in that, that reminds me you are going to be unstable. Sometimes you are going to be shaky. Sometimes life is going to deal you something that makes you question when you go back to what, you know, as you're saying, I am meant to do this. I am called to do this. This is how God redeems my story. This is how God redeems my pain. Um, and my ability to serve him through me and through my efforts blesses so many other people. And, um, and so I will get up again tomorrow, you know, and, um, I applaud you for that because it is really, strong and brave and, um, and honest. I really, you know, uh, because I think we don't do anybody any favors either when you're like, Oh, I'm over it. No, we're not over it. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's a very real part of who we are still. As you get up again, and as you are remembering that God has called you to this, do you have a favorite? Um, you mentioned probably from Acts 9 earlier about Saul on the road to Damascus. I think that's what you were referring to. Um, <laughs> but do you have a favorite passage or verse of scripture that's something that's just really that you go back to, that you cling to, that means a lot to you? Um, I do. I have several, but yep, I do. go ahead. I can take several. <laughs> I love several. I, I, um, Romans eight, two, eight, mm-hmm. um, all things working together for the good, good of those who love him. I always think about that, you know, when hard times hit, you know, it, God's going to turn it around. He's going to, it's going to work into his plan. It's, you know, it's all part of it. You know, I always think about that. Um, one from my mom, um, she first Corinthians 13, 13, um, you know, the greatest of these things is love. Love is what drives me today. The love of my daughter, you know, that still drives me. Um, the love of the father that that's my strength, you know? Um, and yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's both of those are so good. Yeah. As you were talking about the love of your daughter, you mentioned earlier how, even though, you know, because of your addiction that, that you, without the addiction, you would have been a stronger mother. Maybe I'll say it that way. You also said, but she always was so glad to see me. And I, um, I remember sometimes when my boys were small, I'm a boy mom, but when my boys were small, you know, and you'd walk in and the way that their face would just like brighten when they saw you, right. You're like, there's nothing else like it than it's, but you know, you've had a bad day, you've had this or that, and you walk in and somebody's just like, oh my goodness, you're here. And I'm so excited. Yeah. And I just, as you're talking about this and as we begin to wrap up, I just, with what you're doing, I just, that picture of her face, I believe that is her 
love towards you and what you're doing and how you're honoring her memory. Like I can just, I can feel that in how you're talking. And um, so I just, I don't know. I just wanted to encourage you with that. Like she, (laughs) it matters that you're honoring her. Like your work is so important in the world. And um, I feel like I'm just very inspired and I feel like I'm better for having spent this time with you. Um, It's very, it's yeah, it's very wonderful what you're doing. Um, I love to share resources too. And I'm wondering um, before I let you go, I always ask my guests this question. Is there anything at all right now in what you're doing in your recovery program, in your business? Um, What are you reading or listening to or watching? That's like encouraging you, helping you, you know, something you're studying, anything goes. Um, Well, my, um, in my recovery program, well, I watch Transformation Church. And, um, in my recovery program, we, we do all different kinds of stuff, Sure, (laughs) but they definitely feed me spiritually there. And so, um, I think what I'm thinking about right now off the top of my head is the, um, God rejoices in the start, you know? And so, um, is that a book? Oh, oh, uh, just a, it, no, it's just a, uh, it's just something that we say, like, it's, it's, it's like motivational, it's, like remembering. Motivational, yes. Right. Yeah. I love that. God rejoices in the start. I cut you yeah. off. I want you to keep going, but no, I just no, love no, it. No, so, I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah That's so, a good title. Somebody needs to write that book. Maria, write that book. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead though about it. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, that's, that's basically what, um, we've been, talking about, you know, sometimes you don't know how to get started or you want these certain things to be in place and, um, God already put it in you, you know, so just get started, start somewhere, you know, Um, like we were talking about earlier, fall down, get up again and keep going, you know, learn from your mistakes and keep going. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I mentor people sometimes in their, in a, in their podcasting starts and we can overthink these things, right? Sometimes I'm like, you just need to go ahead and try it, even though you don't know how to do it perfectly, just try (laughs) it, get out there do it, you know, start, just start because you'll learn. Uh, But if you wait till you know how to do everything, you'll never start start, because there'll there'll always be a reason not to start. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. What kind of a big thing, uh, what, what is Carabelle's doing right now? You've got an event coming up. You've got, but when this drops will be uh, Christmas E time and new year's time. And so, uh, what, what, uh, what big event are you working on right now? Anything? Um, so we do a lot of, um, Christmas, orders um big batches of cinnamon rolls Mm. um and things like that Uh, unfortunately like this won't drop until after but we're having a fundraiser our first ever um inaugural fundraiser um for carabelle's legacy um which is the sister company of carabelle's eats and treats and we'll be helping fire victims um raising funds to help fire victims help host our healthy cooking classes and um all those things so um I love I'm that. Sure we'll come up with something else. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let me ask, is there a place to support your business on your website? Uh, yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. And Maria's business can be found at carabelleseatsandtreats.com. That is in today's show notes. Um, and so I really encourage you, listener, to... Um, to, to 
peruse the website. There is a lot of neat and more about her story is there. There are pictures there. Uh, it's lovely. And so um, take a look at more of what Maria is doing. And, um, and if the Lord leads you to do so, uh, send a donation to what she's doing because it is, uh, it is very valuable work that she is doing in the world. And we cannot thank you enough, thank Maria. You. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank uh, you. You have so been a delight. Me. It is my pleasure. And friend, thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Peace. Maria may not have a find and follow place like a lot of my guests, but you can keep up with her business through her website and her Facebook page, both of which are listed in today's show notes. I don't know how life has knocked you down, friend, but I know it has. Remember, there's nothing too dark, too long, too old, too deep for God to redeem. Nothing at all. Maria's story is all of our stories when we turn our stories over to his love and power. Romans 8.28 again, this time from The Voice. We are confident that God is able to orchestrate everything to work towards something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. Next week, the last week of the year, my word, Janie Pitts will be my guest. She will be with us to share about holiness, what it means to be set apart. And as we lean into a new year, I hope you'll join us for the conversation because regardless of your desire to set resolutions, a commitment to greater holiness is a perfect way to begin 2023. If you haven't yet, I'd be so grateful if you would follow the podcast on whatever directory you're using to listen. It only takes a second and it guarantees you'll see new episodes as soon as they drop. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.